from what I looked at, it's cause and effect. This person did this to cause this to happen. So that that's where I'm going to be coming from uh, uh, on the show. What's up, everybody, and welcome to Top Fives with Don Sill. I'm your host, Don Sill, and we got another great Top Fives in store for you today. It's the top five comedians that push comedy forward. You know, the pioneers of comedy, the guys that helped evolve comedy and stand up into how we know it today? Yeah, those guys. And joining me today is the hilarious comedian, Joe Curry. I don't want to be in a crashing airliner and somebody's praying to Allah, somebody's praying to Jesus, and somebody's praying to Buddha, and there I am, uh, to who it may concern. Joe's been on the scene for a long time, and he's a true veteran of the craft, and he knows a thing or two about a thing or two. Just look at some of the guys he hangs with. And as always, everybody, please don't forget to subscribe, hit the like button, and comment below. We want to hear what you're thinking. But now let's get right into it. Me and Joe Curry talking about the top five comedians that push comedy forward. All right, Joe Curry, how are you, my friend? How's hey, everything? good, good, Don, good. Thank you for having me, man. Yeah, man. I'm excited to have you on this top five because uh, this is the, you know, basically the top five comedians who push comedy forward. And right. um, and I know talking to you in the past, you've been a judge on our show, put up, right. shut up and stand up. And we got to talk a little bit about comedy history. And I could tell that that you kind of are really in tune with the history of comedy and appreciate it. Of, from vaudeville going into the 50s, going into the 60s, uh, the 70s, the 80s, there's always been the pioneers that paved that, that were game changers. And it's good to know those guys and get influenced by them. How important do you think it is for comedians to know the history of, of comedy? It's 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 very it's very important to know where where you know where it came from, how it evolved. And to tell you the truth, um, on my show, uh, Davinstein, we do it every Tuesday. Uh, a little quick plug. Um, yeah. <laughs> but we at the end of our show, at the end of our show, you know, it's the wrap up. Hey, uh, what are you? I'll be here at Hardy Hard Horse. But Joe, what are you doing? And I mentioned I'm doing the show. So um, so Davin goes, well, what guys you got? And I go, well, I've got this person, that person, this person, that person. Well, you're forgetting about this person because this person opened and you're forgetting about that person. You go, so as I, as I know my history, I kind of had my personal favorites overshadow what really the what really the history is um and basically from my standing it's going to be this person caused this to happen um also from where i'm going um my my point is starting from the 60s not not like from the vaudeville and stuff like that because a lot of those guys were in show business but to me it wasn't the essence of what got actual stand-up going and from what I looked at, it's cause and effect. This person did this to cause this to happen. So that that's where I'm going to be coming from to, uh, uh, on the show. Very cool. Yeah, and I think uh, I'm coming kind of from the same place that you're talking about because you could we could have gone all the way back, like you said, into vaudevillian days and into the, the first, you know, uh, comedian, you know, like the Will Rogers and the Mark right. Twain's and and all of that. But like you said, like stand up as we know it. Um, so like, you know, even guys like Milton Berle. Uh, and, and Bob Hope, were, to me, are, are stand-up comedians who uh, probably, they did push it forward indeed, but to me, like, to your point, they were more like um, like triple threats. They were song, dance guys, actors. Exactly, exactly. And yeah, look, they were good. They were the masters of their craft. But I, I don't think Bob Hope changed anything. 
I don't think that Henny um, Youngman changed anything. There were, the, the, you know, and it's you really had to sit and think. And I have to thank, I have to thank Davin for that because basically he he put some thoughts in my head. I'm like, you know what, you got a point. And I went through the list and I'm like, all right, this is the cause and effect of where it went. And in my, from my voice, I hope it was, I, I take it from the late 50s going into the 60s when it really started to evolve as an art form. We're definitely on the same page with that because I Go think ahead. the late 50s is kind of when the changing of the guard happened. And, uh, you know, we can get into that because some of those guys are probably on your list uh, of, of when kind of the stand up as we know it started to blossom right. and happen. And then that right. evolved right. into what we have today um yeah so that's that's really cool so so um but without further ado let's get into this top five comedians who pushed comedy forward we'll go with you first joe what's your number oh, okay. five number five to me would be lenny bruce now lenny bruce lenny bruce um i did not actually find him particularly funny i did i really didn't get his comedy but what he did was he bridged topics that nobody would tackle. He would be profound, he would be profane, and he would he put his get arrested all the time. In the latter two performances, words just were used about 100 times in utter obscenity. Um, a buddy of mine uh, gave me a, uh, a tape of Lenny Bruce's act, um, I think at Cafe Watt. And uh, the set was okay, it wasn't that funny, but the key thing, was Carlin was in the audience that night and Carlin decided that night he's going to change from being a button down comic to speaking his mind to speaking openly what really affected people to be profane about it you know yeah. so much so that one night Carlin was there uh, Lenny Bruce got arrested at a show and Carlin uh, got arrested as well protesting and they're in the uh, paddy wagon going downtown and uh, Carlin and it's you know it's it's kind of funny icons are talking about icons you know yeah. and Carlin goes to Lenny Bruce goes look I believe in what you said and he goes I, I got arrested because I believe what you said Dad. And Bruce looked at Colin and said, "You're stupid." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Colin, who's iconic with, you know, pulling out stupidity, you know. Right. But I think, you know, moving forward in stand-up comedy, where it's gone, would be Lenny Bruce would be one of the, you know, who moved it forward. I definitely, definitely agree because I think Lenny Bruce may have been the possibly the first socially aware comedian. The first kind of comic who uh, critiqued the culture and yes. and tackled on subjects that are still taboo today. He tackled yes. uh, religion. He tackled racism. He tackled censorship. See, on stage, in other words, a stripper in a burlesque house on stage goes, here it is, boys, da, 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 da. it's cool. But let her do that in the public park on the way home and their ass is in jail. <laughs> and the reason for that is that the people in the park didn't ask for that. In other words, you can yell fire in a crowded theater if you're on stage, but don't do it off stage. The theater is make-believe. That's where it's at. He tackled all, all kinds of things and, and kind of put the mirror up to society and show the absurdity and the the, um, the contradictions and, and all that kind of stuff within, you know, the greater powers and, and how it all trickles down. And like right. you said, he, he used profanity and vulgarity and shock language to kind of really ignite his philosophies and get them through 15 years with a black woman or 15 years with a white woman the white woman is kate smith and the black woman is lena horn 
So you are not concerned with black or white anymore, are you? He's also, you could argue too, he was kind of a martyr for, for comedy in a way. That you know, Don, you read my mind because he is actually the sacrificial lamb who laid down and, and put, and it cost him his career, you know, cost him yeah. everything. Yeah. But to pave the way for all of all of us and from, from, you and me to you know the uh to the the internet you know the internet comic to all of that the guy on you you know he, that that paved the way and i don't know if many comics know know about him or know that uh like i said i didn't find him particularly funny however what he was doing was paving the way he was a game changer in the latter two performances, words just ass, boss, cocksucker, cunt, fuck, motherfucker, piss, shit, and tits were used about 100 times in utter obscenity. Okay, here's how this happened. Yeah, and, and he also mixed, uh, you know, uh, English with Yiddish and street yes. slang, and he was jazzy, and he had things. But to your point, too, when you watch his stuff now, it's kind of hard to digest it because it's, it's dated. It's, mm -hmm. it's not... Um, hilariously funny it didn't really the comedy itself didn't really stand the test of time but the messages in there really did uh you know the meaning of obscenity don't you perhaps you know see if i do a disgusting show we'll use any disgusting words i'm just going to be talking about pork uh that's my right you see as an american citizen to discuss pork on stage although we disgust all of you vegetarians and jews and muslims that is my right and if you communists would like to suppress that right to talk about ham and pork, that's, well, that's your right. And like you said, without, without Bruce, you wouldn't have Carlin. Without Carlin, you wouldn't have Bill Hicks. Bill uh, right, Hicks, you right. Know, and, you, know, you know, you would listen to the old, his old stuff, and he's calling out the Kennedy administration. Yeah. That, like, I call out the, the Trump administration, the Obama, the, the Biden administration, you know, to go, to go up and be able to do a Trump joke or a Biden joke or an Obama joke or back a Clinton joke, you know, the foot. That, he paved the way from that because basically uh, criticizing a president was not really a popular thing. And he woke everybody up to the fact that, you know what, they're politicians, they don't get, Carlin just accentuated it moving down the road that we really can't trust these people. These people are really not out for us. And to have the freedom to say it without being arrested for indecency, right. you know, that that was Lenny Bruce. We all, as comics, we owe a debt of gratitude to Lenny Bruce for opening that up. For sure. And I wonder what Lenny would think if he was around now with this cancel culture happening and, you know, kind of the heat on people now, you know, it's gotta be, I feel like we kind of reverted backwards a little bit. We, we, abs we absolutely have. We absolutely have where people are, and what gets me, what gets me is suddenly everybody's so offended. And suddenly everybody's upset. <laughs> and everybody's offended. I, I, I don't, I don't get it. And especially if you're touching on subjects where you realize that and you're prefacing it with a fact to introduce, to go in into the, like I do a joke about uh, the word retard, the word faggot, uh, the N word. And I have a whole, whole preamble, I better damn well, <laughs> a whole preamble. going into that, showing the hypocrisy of that. You gotta say words, you need to. Everything is a letter now. The P word, the C word, it's gonna get to the point where you won't be able to say the alphabet because 26 people are gonna get pissed off. <laughs> and you know, 99%, I, you know, it's fine, but sometimes you get people that are afraid 
to laugh or whatever. But, you know, as a comic and from Carlin and from Lenny Bruce, I feel that if if there's something in there that moves me, that moves me to, to, to talk about it, to tease it. You know, and, and to move forward, and you know, sometimes it's a lightning rod now, but you got you got to tread the waters and find out what's good and what's not. Well, that goes back to what Carlin said, his uh, famous line about uh, the comedian's job is to find where the line is and deliberately cross it. You know, yeah, and yeah. and uh, now nowadays, you know, I think it's more and more scary because of the cancer culture to cross the line. Because unlike what happened with Bruce where he got arrested constantly and then had to go to court and all that. Um, unlike that, this will, and I guess it did destroy his life as well, but but in here, through social media, they will tar and feather you and try to destroy you from ever, like, go on stage again, you know? Uh, here's how it works. The reason that they're concerned with it and liberal with it, and this is really weird, when people are liberal with something, they're ignorant. Because you can always understand something you don't understand. But we'll keep moving forward. I'll give you. I'll give you my number five. Um, I do agree. Lenny Bruce is on my list, so I guess Lenny will get a fast track. He's on the list. Right. Um, so my, my number five, I'll go with Andy Kaufman. Mm. So I say Andy Kaufman because I. Um, I think Andy Kaufman was one of the first kind of anti-comedians where they deliberately do things that are um, unfunny, but they do it where you're you're laughing at them and not with them, so kind of. So like, if you look at like anti, uh, like if you look at Andy Kaufman and all of his humor, it's not funny on the surface, but what makes it funny is like, we're all in the joke together. Why everyone is going boo on like the joke when I tell some of the jokes, and then when I don't want you to laugh, you're laughing. <laughs> like right now, I don't understand. And I think that he he kind of started a, a different genre that kind of carried out with like you know like Howie Mandel, early Howie Mandel had that with the glove on his head. <laughs> Uh, Tom, Tom, Tom Green. Uh, Even, even locally, and I, he's in my top five comics, George Gallo. I'll tell you a little bit about myself, uh, but I'm, when I do that, I'm going to remove all the consonants, all the vowels, all the phenomes from my description of myself, because everybody wants to know about me, but I'm going to keep my mystery. Here we go. Gallo definitely carries that torch. You know that where it's not. Now, I was not a very big fan of Andy Kaufman. Um, I didn't. I didn't get it. Nonetheless, nonetheless, I wasn't a big fan of Lenny Bruce. But the the topic tonight is who moved the ball. Regardless, right. you feel that who moved the ball. So to move the ball for guys like um, you know uh, Tom Green, 
Gallo, uh, you know, uh, the other guy, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Eric Howie Andre. Mandel. Yeah, Howie yeah, Mandel. Yeah. yeah. Howie Mandel, stuff like that. That that was the point of moving them along. Right, yeah. So that, that's why I put Andy on, on that list. Um, because I, I was like you, when I was younger and used to see Andy Kaufman, I didn't get it as a kid. It, it took me a while when I started really getting the stand-up in my, like, teenage years or whatever to start to appreciate him uh, and, and what he did. Suit and sapatan na pitikate po? Oh. Ito po na pitikate po. No, no, no. Ibita, ibita. Ibita, sapatan po. But uh, it is, uh, and to, to make, deliberately make audiences feel uncomfortable and, and just that whole style, this kind of edgy, almost dangerous because you don't know what he's going to do next. Um, you know, and like you said, to your point too, I remember seeing George Gallo back in the day in like the, the early 2000s and stuff like that. And he had that same kind of vibe where you just didn't know what he was going to do next. <laughs> I'm just a regular guy. <laughs> Nothing different. And it kind of gives you this, this, this keeps you on your toes as an audience member because you're like, oh my God, what's this guy going to do next? And a lot of times with George, I, I think George is brilliant. And a lot of times, and I've known, God, I've known George almost 30 years. I mean, we started together. So I'd be at shows and I'm sitting there going, don't you understand this man is brilliant? Like, hey, Frank, is that a dud? Did that one work? <laughs> no? Been there for what, half an hour? That's a dud. Shit! Shit! Get the kids in the house! Get the kids in the house! Beyond brilliant? Right. You, you gotta be kidding me. You know, you, you, don't, you can't see the brilliance going on here? Really, you don't? You know? Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's a, you know, a very, very unique guy. But you know, like with Andy Kaufman, I tried to be very, you know, I looked at it. I mean, when he did the whole wrestling thing with the women, I'm like, I, 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 I don't get it. I'm from Hollywood. I have the brains. That's how I win my matches. I say the bigger they come, the harder they fall. You might be twice as big as me, but I've wrestled women that are twice as big as me, and I've mopped the floor with them. I, I don't get it, but <laughs> I'm not, you know, but where he moved the ball, you know, it, you know, it's each his own, but he was, he did move the ball forward. Very cool. All right, so, so far we got Lenny Bruce and Andy Kaufman, and uh, those are our number, our, both of our number fives right now. Um, what's your number four pick? Okay, I would say, and it's gonna be a tandem thing, I'm sorry, but I think one goes with the other. I'm gonna say the tandem, the tandem of uh, George Collin and Richard Pryor. Uh, because nice. where Lenny Bruce left off, they picked up the ball and moved it forward. Um, where almost every comic you know, their idols are those guys, in, they're in there. Right. And they moved it forward because they, they, they got away from the button down thing. Um, and, uh, you know, Richard Pryor moved the ball for a lot of the, uh, you know, the African-American comics um, and, and um, the urban comics and stuff like that. Richard Pryor was there. Um, I, you know, also, you know, regular the, the white comics we had, you know, we loved him as well. My mother's Puerto Rican and my father's Negro and we live in a real big Jewish tenement building. <laughs> in an Italian neighborhood. Every time I go outside, the kids say, get him, he's all of them. <laughs> 
George Carlin, you know, once we, do, we just thought they they moved the ball. And, you know, it's a funny thing because I'm trying to, you know, it's like I'm looking at it. I'm like, you know, there's so many you want to do, but I'm like, well, I'm going to I'm gonna do Don, tell Don Book because basically I think they work hand in hand, you know, to move the ball forward in that, you know, genre of comedy. Thank you, Don Pardo. Hi out there. Hi, everyone. Boo, boo. And and they came up in the same time period too. That like yes. so yes. That they were in like I think they were in car wash. Both of them in the, that movie car wash together. This is the wet and wild world of a car wash. A business a man can be proud of. George Carlin, Professor Irwin Corey, the Pointer Sisters, Richard Pryor. They all come together at the fabulous free wheeling soap suds and emporium where everything goes. And so right, they, right, they definitely, right. were, you know, were in the same time period, uh, in, you know, in the in the 70s, 80s, and through the 90s. And and, and, I, and I I don't know about you, Don, but me, it's like you would watch. I gotta do. I gotta do this. I have to be this guy, or I have yeah. to be like this guy. But I, I I've got to do this. George Carlin this. was probably my biggest influence in in comedy he, um, as a comedy fan, and when I yeah. dabbled in com comedy. Here. Uh, George Carlin is the dude to this day, my whole life, ever since the first time I've ever seen him on stage. Uh, I love George Carlin. Here's a word that started out okay, started out all right. Nothing wrong with the word fuck originally. I mean, there it was. You're not a bad word. You're not a bad word. You've just gotten in with bad company. What's great about him uh, and I agree, agree with you. Both of these guys pushed it forward big time. Yeah. Um, they inspired generations. Uh, and so to me, I think like with, with Carlin, his, his, uh, he's able to, in one part of his set, could literally do fart jokes. I've got four farts and that's not one of mine. I've got my Heineken's fart. I got my broccoli fart, my rice pudding fart. And my non-dairy creamer fart. <laughs> and that's not one of my farts. And then the next part of his set, he's talking politics and, and uh, yeah. you know philosophies and, and social awareness and getting real deep and making sense. And it's funny. And, you know, and then his play on words, he's a true uh, craftsman, uh, wordsmith. The, yes. You know, the way he crafted a joke. Um, where when you look at Pryor, I think uh, Pryor was more loose with his with his with his wordplay, um, and and uh, dug more deeper into his personal life. Since you love me so much, I remember this one. It's strike the match like this. Like, what's that? Richard Pryor running down the street. Thank you, thank you. You read you read my mind. I was I was just thinking that because Carlin, Carl, because Carlin would look and observe and and comment. Prior would dig deep inside, and that inspired a lot of. I'll give you a perfect example: Jim Norton. You know how deep yeah. Jim Norton gets. Yeah. Prior is his main influence, right. if I'm, yeah. I believe it is. That and, and that gave you the courage. This is my idol. When I do this, I want. I'm going to dig deep into my and bear my soul, and 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 tell you how I feel about something, and go, and goof on it. And that inspired guys like that Louis C.K. You know that would dig, that would dig and and give you uncomfortable things, personal uncomfortable things that they would do. That's that's Pryor's influence, right? Louis C.K. might be 
the best example of if Carlin and Pryor had a child, right? <laughs> You'd have yes. a Louis C.K. There's no worse life available to a human than being a caught child molester. And yet they still do it! Which from, you can only really surmise that it must be really good. I mean, from their point of view. Because Louis C.K. is also a wordsmith. He crosses the line um, deliberately, like a comedian's supposed to, and he also does dig deep personal. I mean, he, he talked about, um, <laughs> what was it, in one of his last uh, bits where he had a, a crush on, um, what was he? He was watching uh, the movie about Magic Mike. Channing Tatum comes out, fucking. And then I go like, fuck, and then I have to stop. Because I'm starting to get a feeling. <laughs> so he get, he's getting like, he's really opening up the curtains and showing you his soul. And, and, yeah. you know, and then of course, in, in, you know, privately showed, he opened up and showed more than that. But <laughs> no, yeah. but, uh, but no, but I think Louis CK is, is um, definitely um, comes down the, the food chain from Carlin and and uh, Pryor, almost perfectly intertwined. Yeah. The, the, the and two. bearing and bearing your soul. I mean, it, that Louis was so true to stand up. It's like you would watch it, and it would be a hilariously funny scene. And it's almost like crashing, uh, crashing where you would watch that too. And you're like, why aren't you laughing? I go, because that was Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. As it stands right now, I lead Richard Pryor in heart attacks two to one. <laughs> However, Richard still leads me one to nothing on burning yourself up. Well, the way it happened was first Richard had a heart attack, then I had a heart attack, then Richard burned himself up, then I said, fuck that, I'm gonna have another heart attack. All right, so uh, that's a great one. So uh, we'll put Pryor and Carlin together for, for yeah. number four there. Um, my number four, I'm going to go uh, back again into the 50s uh, and 60s and go with Mort Saul. So mm. Mort Saul, the reason I say uh, Mort Saul, one of the main reasons is because when at the Hungry Eye in, um, in San Francisco, was where uh, jazz plays. They didn't have comedy clubs back then, so it was jazz right. clubs and, and hipsters and poets and all that. And uh, Mort Saul would do stand-up there, and he was already breaking the mold. He wasn't wearing a suit and tie. He was just wearing a mm -hmm. V-neck, a red V-neck sweater, going up with a newspaper, and would just start conversating with the crowd, which was nobody was doing that. Right. And one of the guys in the audience, and you, you mentioned something, a similar story, but, but I'll say this. So he, one of the guys in the audience watching this was Lenny Bruce. And he said to uh, the guy sitting with him, he goes, I, he, he goes, when I grow up, I want to be Mort Saul. Right. So and, and they were close in age. So he just said that as a tongue in cheek thing. And then they became good friends and all that. And it kind of reminds me of that Carlin story years yeah, later in the paddy wagon. Absolutely. How one icon, and I do know about Mort Saul because he's part of that movement out in uh, San Francisco, which was pretty much the same as the movement in Greenwich Village at Cafe War and all those places same where time. those guys were. And then I think, uh, as the story goes, I think, yeah, they met and then they went out to New York or something, you know, yeah. the paths crossed 
and the and and the uh, the the, the um, communities crossed. Yep, the communities crossed over because they were the, they were you know the hipster, you know, yes, uh, pot smoking, jazzy type of comedians. Yes. Kind of like the same time the Beatniks came out, you know. Uh, uh, all those yep. guys, Ginsburg, that whole, that whole scene in San Francisco and the whole scene in Greenwich Village, yeah, right, yeah. So th they all came came together, and basically, the the three of them it was uh, it was Lenny Bruce, Mort Saul, and Shelley Berman, were the mm -hmm. three comedians that were kind of the new guards that kind of changed right. comedy forever. But um, Mort Saul back then was the bigger name guy, and he was the 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 more the groundbreaker at that time. Lenny uh, obviously surpassed him. But right. Mort's, Mort's still alive to this day. Oh, is he? Oh, that's yeah. great. He said to me, Mort, what are you doing in London? So I said to him, we're all back. The experiment failed. <laughs> Shelley, he's definitely in his 90s, I guess. Yeah, he's, he's getting up there. And um, Shelley passed away a few years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, and obviously, we all know Bruce died a long time ago. But, mm -hmm. but the thing with Mort, too, was like you said, same thing with Lenny is Mort Saul was making fun of the the uh, the Kennedys a lot, and yeah. um, and that was you know that was very risque for that time period. And he would just go up there and talk cold about the news, and just say what was yeah. on his mind. Uh, what did you do today, Jack? Well, I got a haircut and talked to some people. Got along with them pretty well. Yeah. Have you thought about what you want to be, Jack? Yeah, I want to be president. We know that. I mean, when you grow up. <laughs> And uh, so, yeah, so, so Mort saw, um, by changing the delivery of comedy into a more conversational style, by changing the dress code of a comedian, taking off the suit, right. and putting on V-neck, and, um, and by, by uh, talking politics, um, Mort pushed it forward. Right, right, right. Cool. Absolutely. All right, so now, Joe, it's uh, time for, for number three. Okay, number three. Um, we're going to thank Davin on this one, okay? Because um, he enlightened me to this, um, and I, I totally uh, forgot about it. Okay, uh, when you talk about women in comedy, you know, you you got, well, you got Phyllis Diller, you got Joan Rivers, Harold Burnett, um, you, those ones that did, you know, stand up, Joan, you know, I mentioned Joan Rivers. Who was the one that really set the pace for them? Moms Mabley. Ah, great pick. is for the female comics, and I think all the iconic ones would have agreed that Moms Mabley was the one that started it all. She was deemed the first female stand-up comedy. You know, she worked all the black rooms, and then she trained, you know, she uh, crossed over, and she opened it up not only for African-Americans, but for women to do stand to be stand-ups. And that set the bar for Joan Rivers, that set the bar for Phyllis Stiller, all these iconic comics that came after them, up to the ones that are working today, owe a debt of gratitude to Moms Mabley because she was the one that got that ball rolling. When I lose my job, I lose my man. That is since I got, well, kind of old, you know. I don't get me wrong, it ain't no disgrace to be old. But darling, if it ain't inconvenient, I can tell you that much about it. I definitely, definitely agree. That's a great pick. Mom's Mabley, um, what was great about her too, was she was kind of um, dirty at times. Yeah. And, and, and yes. that was her shtick. And and, uh, and what's cool too about her was when she first started doing that mom's character, she was young yeah. and she would play this old lady. 
Yes. But by being young, playing an old lady, she was able to do that until she beca actually became an old lady herself. So her whole Just career. Put the astronaut. Yeah. <laughs> her, her whole career, she was an old lady. And, uh, and yes, and she was right there through the civil rights movement. And, and all the, the women's rights movements and, and all that stuff, women's lib and all. So yeah, she was definitely, and, and I'm glad you mentioned her because she should be more well-known uh, for she her should. impact. Yeah, and she's not, she's forgotten. When everybody thinks about the, uh, women comedians, they automatically think Phyllis Diller or Joan. And yeah, and, and, and that's the funny thing. Where Davin schooled me last week on our show. He goes, well, what about Moms Maybley? And I remember um, watching a comedy, and I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I go, because I was saying Joan Rivera. No, no, no. It, it, she was the one that got that that got that got ball rolling, that made it possible for all the other icons, like Lenny Bruce for the guys, that yeah. made it possible for, you know, for all those guys. Moms Mabley is the first female stand-up comic. And you believe that? Wait a minute, honey. You'll have to laugh a little louder. Mom can't hear you up there. That's it. Thank you very much. Yep. And she was able to hang with all the guys of that era back then, too. And yeah. On the Chitlin circuit with the Red yep. Fox and all that stuff. I think she opened yep. for Red Fox a few times. And then she, like you said, she she was also did some TV. I think she was on like Smothers Brothers and those types of shows. She did, she did all that, you know. Yeah. She, made, she made it possible. She made it possible. Great pick, man. So number three, Thanks. Mom's Mabley. Um, so my number three here, uh, also kind of goes in the same, in the same world as, as moms in a sense. And it's, uh, Dick Gregory. Yes, yes, yes. So Dick Gregory, um, he wasn't, you know, by any means the first black comedian, but he was the first black comedian as he puts it himself, to stand flat-footed and just deliver comedy. He didn't have to mm -hmm. dance around or act silly or, or any of that kind of stuff. He, he paved the way for like Bill Cosby and guys like that, um, who, who, and he was also socially aware. He was pretty much like the black Lenny Bruce. One day we come through with two innocent words, black power, everybody go crazy. And we said, brown strength. <laughs> Oh, everybody would accept that. Yes, yes. And in the time that he came through, I mean, that was, you know, when all the civil rights movement was going on. And, you know, he's at the forefront and he's speaking his mind, you know, just as much as Pryor did. But like we said, Pryor was more introspective, you know, where where Gregory was more, you know, in with um, skewering policy, skewering um, society, you know. And, yeah, calling and, out hypocrisy. Yeah. Well, now, don't get me wrong now. We're doing all right. Well, at the rate we're going 10 years from now, you might have to be my color to get a job. Absolutely. You yeah, know? It's guys like 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 Dick Gregory who, who made comedy important to society. Yes. You know, because he helped, he helped, uh, and he definitely helped move it forward, but he helped move society forward, helped push the civil rights movement forward. Now you want to see some fireworks? Yes. If we don't get what we're looking for by the 4th of July, we're going to call for a nationwide boycott of Thanksgiving and Christmas. He, he yeah. helped, he helped uh, an olive branch to, to, uh, 
to, to white audiences too, who accepted him and would laugh at him and then understand that some of the hypocrisies that were going on uh, right. in the world at that time. I think the white man is laughing at the same thing a person laughs at when they slam their hand in the car door and when it's about to heal. The problem is almost over. As Martin Luther King said, Jim Crow is dead in the South. It's just a matter of how expensive they want to make the funeral. So right. yeah, so, so um, Dick Gregory was a brilliant guy, very funny man, and um, an activist. You know? And you know, and, and the interesting thing is, Carlin would call that stuff out, but Gregory was living it. Two weeks later, I walk in the house, she upset. Here's a letter from Susan Roebuck, final notice, final notice. I looked at it and said, huh, thank God we won't be hearing from you no more. Exactly. You, you know, so even though Carl, Carlin was very, very introspective and would call out, you know, the, the, the in, you know, decency with the society, Dick Gregory would do the same thing, but he's like, I'm living now. Once again with him, yeah, that was Tuesday. <laughs> 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 yeah. But, yeah, exactly. And, he helped people um, after I mean, he helped that gentleman lose that weight. That, oh, uh, yeah. That, that, Long Island guy. guy. He helped Hudson. him out. Yeah. 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 He helped that guy out. You know, so even after comedy, he was helping people out. He was just a great guy. Yeah. Great uh, guy, you know. So I'll, let me go through the list here as we get now. We're, we're getting into our number twos. Um, so uh, uh, right now on our list, we have a very impressive list already. We have uh, Lenny Bruce, Andy Kaufman. Richard Pryor and George Carlin count as one. And then we have Mort Saul, Moms Mabley, and Dick Gregory. So, pretty impressive list so far that we got here. I think right now, currently, we both agree on a few of these. So I guess we'll, we'll narrow that down um, right. after we get these last, these last ones here. So, without further ado here, what's your number two pick? All right, my number two, and I'm I'm sorry to do this, but I'm gonna I'm gonna have to do a double up, and I'll explain why. It's gonna be Red Fox and Eddie Murphy. Nice. And the way, and the why, the, the reason that I'm putting them in the same category is the performance, um, modes of performance. Red Fox did all these party albums and people love the party albums. Gertie's also makes Brazil. They come in three sizes, medium, large, and g Monetti. <laughs> and people would listen to the party albums all the time. That opened up other comic, now, I, it, it did have like uh, uh, Bob Newhart and stuff like that that did the record, but just for getting the audience to get records, for comics to have their own records, uh, which opened up for Carl and stuff like that. I give it to Red Fox because in that spec, uh, that uh, part of the industry, he kind of opened that up where people wanted to hear these records and comics would start making their album. Some guy wrote in the magazine, all black people carry knives. And I want to clear that up for you. All black people do not carry knives. My brother's been carrying an ice pick 26 years. <laughs> Now, why is Eddie Murphy in there? Because Eddie Murphy opened up the arena comic. Ladies and gentlemen, Eddie Murphy! He started with, uh, you know, Delirious and all that. 
he started the, the age of the uh, the arena comic, which opened it up for Dice, which opened it up for um, uh, Louis C.K., opened it up for, you know, all these all these other comics that have, have gone on. So that's why I include him in the one thing, in that thing of who opened up more media outlets, the media outlet, and I, that's why I put those two in together. You want some ice cream? You want to eat some of my ice cream, but want to lick? Psych. You want you want right, yeah. No, I think that's great. I, I think, um, like you said, Eddie Murphy definitely, um, both those guys definitely moved it forward, but I'll start with Ed Eddie, because he, he, he begat uh, Pryor. Pryor begat Fox. Right. Right. But so they're all coming from the same lineage. But if you ask comedians, um, you know, and they're honest with you, who influenced them, like today's comics. Most of them will say Eddie Murphy, yeah. um, and and then they learn from Eddie. Oh yeah, Richard Pryor, he's the the, the original, right? That's but, that's knowing your history. Yeah, that's yeah. that's why I hope these I hope these a lot of guys want to learn their history. Exactly, because Eddie was also the first kind of, and like you said, with the stadiums, like the rock star comedian. He wore the leather right. outfit. He was he was also had sex appeal that the the girls liked yeah. also. So yeah, so Eddie Murphy definitely pushed it forward to to that regard because before that comedians were always kind of like Woody Allen either that or they were fat guys or whatever you know right. like yeah. or the biggest place you would see them would be Westbury Music Fair right yeah you yeah know? right yeah that would be the largest venue you'd go see a comic but Murphy just hold and I think it was the time during the 80s when it was more media and it was more flash um and he was god it was he, he was everybody loved him I got foreigners from all over the world walking up going Andy Murphy fuck you Fuck you, Andy! So going out and doing the garden or something like that was normal, you know? And he opened the door for comics going, wow, I might be able to do something, you know, in that big of a scale. And it was. It was Dice, Kinnison, uh, you know, uh, and the guys that came after them. What a time for comedy, huh? That was Yeah, it was, it, was, <laughs> it was amazing. And there was no holds barred. You know, and it was just flat out funny. And people think, oh, that's hard. It was just funny. It is. Social media has been a blessing and a curse. And I think uh -huh, we're seeing, absolutely. yeah, I think we're seeing the curse of it now uh, really coming, coming to it because it's easy. You just go on Twitter, you throw out meat to the, to the culture there, the cancel culture, they'll feed on yep. it and then they'll, yep. they'll destroy you. Right? Yeah. You know, it's, and it's hard to rebound from that because if, when you look at guys like, like Louis C.K., who, in my opinion, whether it's popular opinion or not, I don't think he did anything that bad. He asked for permission. He, you know, he did. I think he he, he, he didn't he didn't do anything wrong. He didn't yeah. do anything wrong. I'm down in the cellar by the boiler like a troll down there. <laughs> Just fucking miserable oh, shit. You know, and like when governors, and, and th thank God for guys like uh, James Pilsky had the, 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 the guts to put to put him in. Yes. Um, I remember he was doing a secret show at governors about maybe three years ago. And um, it was just internet, just say, Louis coming down. It's just, I'm, we're not pushing it, blah, 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 blah. Now, at, during the same night, we were having a, uh, a party in the, in, the, in the cabaret room for uh, Tim Gage, you know? And I, I got done and I got to the club a little, I couldn't get near the place. 
could got the, the line. You, you know, I, I, I went into and it was a rainy night. Rainy night, people are standing online. If I went to cut in and go, but I'm going, you know, I'd be landing on the ground. I mean, so for somebody that everybody hates, for a show that was only introduced on the internet, for it to be sell, sold out with people waiting patiently in the pouring rain to get in. Louis K's done. No, 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 no. The cancel culture wants him done. But true fans of comic don't want him done. He's got a lot more to say, a lot more to do. Exactly. And and, um, and that's why Louis C.K. is my number two pick. Mm. And I pick Louis C.K. because of everything we just were talking about. But also, if you look at his comedy, and like we said earlier, he is kind of a, a, a combination of Pryor and, and Carlin mixed. But he also um, has the balls to still do even now even the stand-up he's still doing now he hasn't he hasn't given in he's still gonna go full force yeah and that and that's why that's why you know you stand you know beside the guy behind the guy i i did a show with him and it's like open up for louis ck no 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 you were part of another bunch of comics but i did once i did was in a show with him and if you notice the green the couch in the green room of governors wall-to-wall legal pads with everything on there so you just and you watch that and i didn't bother him i'm like hey how you doing right, Fanny? Right. and that's all i said but i'm watching all these legal pads and i'm like this guy is a master you know and a master of what he does all these legal pads you know with ideas constantly writing constantly bringing things not afraid to try anything you know and you're looking i go i go this is a master at work it really it really was and he goes out there when he does this you know his whole thing and people probably go oh yeah he's got a stream of consciousness no 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 he's very 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 well prepared and very very impressive to see as well he's well prepared like you said his his jokes are like uh hilarious like the, the, yeah. the, the, he's he's that guy who says a joke and and then you're like man i wish i think i wish i came up with that type of guy and his angle on things his perspective on things and his edge and and his fearlessness to, to tackle certain subject matters and to talk about things and this is even after like i said after he he uh his whole controversy came yeah. out with, with this um to me he's pushing it forward by with his bravery if you're a guy try to imagine that you uh, you could only date a half bear half lion and you're like oh i hope this one's nice i hope he doesn't do what he's going to do uh he's pushing it yeah. forward with his moxie and uh and sticking and to comedy and the thing about it is when you go out on that ledge with something to, you need to have that point of view that'll bring how he's saying that are you out of your mind you can and not only and he knows you're going there but he also is a craftsman where he's got things prepared that go not only do i get it that's hysterical right. that's a genius <laughs> that's that's an artist and that's what we see today you know amazing amazing comic iconic comic he is uh, truly and i i agree with that so, all right, so I'll go through the list one more time before we hit the number ones here. Right. Now, um, well, so far we have on the list, Lenny Bruce, Andy Kaufman, Pryor and Carlin Combo, Mort Saul, Moms Mabley, Dick Gregory, Red Fox, Eddie Murphy Combo, Louis C.K. And now for Joe Curry's number one, top five. Right, my number one, my number one would be Rodney Dangerfield. 
Now, as you've seen, um, not only comic, you know, comic talent, but for other things that he did. Rodney Dangerfield was hysterical. Started late in his life, you know, stopped, sold aluminum siding, got back into it, and wound up being an icon. I love Rodney Dangerfield. He was one of the best ever. I'll tell you my trouble. I got the wrong doctor. You know my doctor, Dr. Vinnie Boombach. So my doctor, what a doctor, you kidding? Well, that's doctor. I called him up. I told him I had diarrhea. Put me on hold. <laughs> However, the reason I'm picking Rodney is, number one, is the Young Comedian Special. The Young Comedian Special has launched more game changers than ever seen in comedy. Dice, Sam Kittison, Roseanne Barr, you know, and the like. And nights where you you would watch and, and go, oh, my, oh, my God. Please, no pictures, all right? I don't want to be seen here. <laughs> I want to bring on now a very talented guy, a guy who's worked for some of the most famous bistros in the country. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding around. I'm getting nuts now. It's getting late, you know what I mean? You know how it is when you're born in a truck. I'll, t I'll tell you a quick story. Now, Anthony Cumia is one of my best friends. Right. There was years ago, during a Young Comedian special, um, Dice Clay comes on. Now we have to go to a we played in a band. We have to get to this show. I walk into pick in, I go, we gotta go, we gotta go, dude. You no, I'm not going. I go, we talking because I you watch this guy. It was Dice on Young Comedian Special. We sat there and laughed our asses off. He goes, This guy is amazing. Nobody and we wound up going to the gig. Anthony's brother Joe balled us out that we were running late. Okay? <laughs> Fast forward, balled us out. I don't this guy I don't care. Fast forward about 25 years, Anthony is starting to do live from the compound. His first guest was Dice, because Anthony knew Dice over the years. They're going down in the basement uh, singing karaoke, Ant's brother's down there. Di uh, Ant tells Dice the story when we watched him and that Joe yelled at us. Dice made Joe apologize. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, man. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious, dude. Bio for Andrew Dice Clay? We got a bio, think? Dicey. I don't think I need a bio for, for my pal. How you doing, you bastard? Yeah, you never know what tomorrow's going to bring, right? Like, who would have guessed yeah. that, you know? But the thing, the Young Comedian special brought game changers. And I don't think, with the exception of Louis C.K., um, and a couple of the others later. I don't think we've seen game changers in a while. And the way the the way everything is now, I don't know if we're going to see game changers. The only game changers we're going to see is is down the road when some comic comes in and really goes against the uh, the grains of of the, the standards now. The, the, right. The, you know the counterculture. Because right now, moving it forward, I feel like we, we've kind of plateaued. I think a lot of comedians, they're all great comedians, but they're all they're all basically doing the same thing. There's nobody shaking it up so much in in the, yeah. today in today's culture. Like I think in, to talk about like Opie Anthony and what Anthony did, and the, a lot of comics from that I, I call them the O and A comics, uh, tough crowd comics, same thing. Yeah. Right? The New York City guys. The, I think they call it cringe humor. I think that. Cringe humor really changed, turned the, the tide for for uh, for comedy and gave New York its real edge. Um, yeah, yeah. So like like you know, I, I think I'm I, I wasn't planning to do this, but I think I'm gonna say Anthony Cumia because you know why? As my number one, 
because I know he's, he's not traditionally a comedian, but, but to your point of what Rodney did for the comedians, you could say the same thing for Anthony. Because what, what he did was introduce, and this is before Tough Crowd and all that stuff, he, they introduced a crop of comedians that may not, never have gotten their due to, to that level, like Ab the Jim Norton's of the world. And the, Absol you know. absolutely, you're absolutely right. And, and the thing about Anthony is, Anthony is the, I've been Anthony's fan. We met, we met, and had, this is how long ago, I was gonna get my age away, 1977 in high school. And he, um, his brother Joe, they, they lived in California. His brother Joe came back from the summer and he told me, hey, um, my, my brother's coming back uh, to school. He's gonna start school, book up with him. And him and I hooked up and just making us laugh ever since. But he's always been brilliant, a brilliant comedy mind. So in uh, the late eighties, um, Adam Ferrara is also one of our good friends. Oh, Adam yeah. goes, I'm gonna start to do stand-up. So he starts to do it. Um, about a year and a half later, I go, all right, I'm gonna give it a shot. Um, and I start doing it. Anthony, I go, Ant, come out to the club, come out to Conkama Comedy, come out, I'm gonna watch a movie. And you'd leave and you'd watch one of the most brilliant comedy minds sitting watching a movie with his girlfriend. Right. Um, <laughs> then what happened was our band Rotka, we used to do parodies. We did parodies as well. And gonna Electric Shock OJ uh, was a thing during the OJ thing. So um, Anthony's brother Joe goes down to WBAB on the OB nighttime attitude. And Ant goes, all right, this is my chance. And he made an impression on Ope, and then they got up to AAF and stuff like that. And I felt so good because people are seeing how brilliant he is. Yeah. And he should have been a stand. I, I, I've been doing the comics. He's been gracious enough to let me do spots in the comics of the compound. He goes out and he does 15 minutes solid, materially prepared. And he comes back in and I'm like, I, I don't get it. I don't, I, I don't understand why. He's like to go through the process because you know the process, but you know, he likes right. to be behind him. But you watch him go out, and I'm like, you feel, you feel very happy, so happy that this thing that I knew, you know, is right, is right. out there. People are appreciating it, appreciating it, his genius. Exactly. And he is one of the, and he is one of the top comedy minds in this country today. And oh, I have he, no reservation for saying that, you know, he, he holds up and he could, you know, stand toe to toe with some of the greatest comedians we've seen it through and the show <laughs> yeah like like and, and think about the comedians that as far as i know that he kind of introduced to the world in a sense it was yeah. like patrice o'neill uh yes bill burr jim norton you know um the list goes on and on of, of all these these comics from that iconic time. comics yeah I, iconic comedians now that kind of made their way through them early through the yeah. ona and now now are our top comedians you know yeah all those guys yeah. And, and, you know, and that's a great, that's a great pick, Don. It, re it really is, and, and for, for that for that reason. And he's he's like Dangerfield, brilliant, brilliant comic, brilliant yeah. comic mind. But he has launched some of the most, thanks to him, the, the show. He has launched some of the most icon, uh, iconic, iconic comments. Try that again, Joe. Iconic comments in the country today. Yeah, true indeed. All right, so now we have this list. This list is uh, is stacked. This is a very impressive list of legends. And now we have to narrow it down to five. All right, so so um, I'll go through the list again just so the people at home are keeping up with us. We have Lenny Bruce, Andy Kaufman, the prior Carlin Combo, Mort Saul, Moms Mabley, Dick Gregory, Red Fox, Eddie Murphy Combo, Louis C.K., Rodney Dangerfield, and Anthony Cumia. So we got to narrow this down to five. This is crazy because this is comedians who moved comedy forward and every single one of these comedians have done that. So right now, um, 
on my original list, I, I pivoted a little bit so we so we, we could have um, so we, we didn't disagree on everything. Right. <laughs> Funny. But we we agree on Lenny Bruce. So we will yes. put Lenny Bruce officially will go in at number five. Okay. And and I don't know if the numbers matter except for the number one. I, I don't right. Know, but if you if you want to, we can put them in number number order too. Um. So we got, we agree on Lenny Bruce, and then uh, Andy Kaufman. I'm going to put on hold for now. Okay, I agree. Because when you compare him to the rest of this list, Andy Kaufman, I do believe moved comedy forward too. But I don't think he he not as much as some of the other people on this list. Right. So um, tell me. What, okay. So prior Carlin. Prior Carlin. Prior Carlin. I would put them. At right, right under Lenny Bruce because it's in a, a sort of a chronological order sort of thing. Right, right. So you put Prior Carlin at five, put Bruce at four, or keep uh, Bruce at five. I would put Bruce at five, Carlin at four, uh, Carlin and Prior at four. Okay, so let me get this. So we got Bruce at five, Carlin Prior at four. Okay, so now we have um, Mort Saul, Moms Mabley, Dick Gregory. Red Fox, Eddie Murphy, Louis C.K., and then Rodney and, and, and Kumia. I I would put Mom's Maybelline next because she was the one that got all the iconic female comics of of of, of, of color and and you know white as well. I agree. Going. She's like yeah. She's like a, a, a she was there for two major battles of comedy. Yes. And yes. uh, and won them both, and and she's yes. a, a true icon. Definitely moved it forward. Okay, I agree with that. So so at number three, Moms Mabley. Okay, this is a good list, man. All right. So now um, we we still have uh, Dick Gregory, Red Fox, Mort Saul, um, Red Fox, Eddie Murphy combo, and uh, Louis C.K. Uh, and then Rodney and Kumia. So I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm, I'm just gonna see who we can take off the list right now so i'm thinking just because of moving comedy forward you know and who did it who mattered more in a sense i mean again all these comedians are great but i think we could take louis off the list yeah yeah so we'll remove louis and we're narrowing it down but we still have it's still tough here so and dick gregory i think great comedian uh civil rights but we but moms is kind of representing him Right, exactly. Okay, so we'll take. Okay, <laughs> so now that leaves us. Um, Mort Saul, Red Fox, Eddie Murphy combo, Rodney and uh, and Kumia, and we have two spots left. So what are you thinking here? I'm. I'm thinking because with Mort Saul, he represented the the West Coast movement. And then hooked up with Lenny Bruce, but I think we have Lenny Bruce on there, so we kind of emphasized that basement. So more so, even though he moved it, Bruce did too, and in conjun in conjunction. So I think we can move Mort off the list. I agree with that because it's the same kind of rule we did with Dick Gregory. So we're like, all right, he's already being right, represented right, through, right, through right. Lenny. Okay, good. Okay, so now we're narrowing it down a little bit further. I think we we have th uh, three guys. So so we got Rodney. Kumia and then Red Fox Eddie Murphy combination. So I would say the Red Fox Eddie Murphy combination 
just due to the media because where where it is because basically be set up because if you want to say rod you know the people that ant moved forward and the people that rodney moved forward those guys went on to do um to do mega concerts they went on to do um uh classic albums if Fo fox and murphy set that up where they could move to that, you know? Well, you know, it's like, okay, you know, Bill Burr's gonna do a, a Madison Square Garden. But yeah, they can, because Murphy did, Eddie you know? Did. And well, right. you know, did you get Norton's new album and stuff like Yellow Rain about? Yeah, they did because Fox set the tempo for that. So they set that plate for those guys to go to. Good point. Yeah, because I see what you're saying, because they, they paved the way. So there wouldn't yeah. be yeah, uh, because that was the next place for them to go right. because those guys paved that way. Okay, so we got the Fox and Murphy combo at number two, and now the number one is between Rodney and the guy you grew up with, <laughs> Anthony Cumia. Um, so it's going to be kind of tough for you, but what are you thinking? I'm going, I'm, Anthony's one of my best friends. I love the man deeply. I'm going with Rodney Dangerfield. And why would you do that to your best friend or one of <laughs> you know, your best friend? Because, because he sat with me watching the Dangerfield specials, going, these guys are amazing. These guys are fantastic. These guys are breaking the mold. And with that in mind, he kind of felt that way when they got on ONA you know, pushing them the way Dangerfield pushed the folks from that. So Dangerfield influenced Cumier to get guys like that on the show. And that, and you know, so much, so much, so, and, and got, so I give it to Dangerfield because he not only was he a game changer, he influenced another game changer 20 years prior. Great point. Uh, well said, well-deserved, all, all these. So we got a great list here, Joe. So, yeah. he, so it is Rodney at number one. So here we go. Here's our list. At number five, Lenny Bruce. At number four, George Carlin, Richard Pryor combination. At number three, Moms Mabley. At number two, Red Fox, Eddie Murphy combination. And number one, Rodney Dangerfield. These are, are the comics that moved comedy forward. What a great list, man. This great was job. this was this was so much fun. It's like I you know, it's like comics love talking history on it. Yeah, yeah. That's why I get I don't get people that really don't know, but it's fascinating to see how everything intertwined with everything else, you know? And I just hope that we get some game changes coming. Yeah, I think that I think they I think they're they're going to happen. I think that's mm. the way comedy is built, and that's what I love about stand up. Is is yep. it's you know been around since the jester. It's the emperor's got no clothes. You need somebody to call out the culture and that person is coming up soon and they're amongst us. It could be you, Joe. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're the best, man. I appreciate you doing so, this top five. My pleasure. It was an absolute pleasure, pal. All right, folks, there you have it. That is the top five comedians that push comedy forward from me and Joe Curry. Let us know what you think in the comments below. And let us know your top five or if we missed anybody or what your thoughts are. Love to hear them. Please, again, don't forget to subscribe. And we will see you next week.